Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We podcast a Bible study that is posted each Sunday morning at 9.30, the time of our regular Bible classes at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha. Now, we're thankful to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. We're thankful that God has blessed us with the opportunity, the abilities, and the, ta- and the, and the means to be able to do this. And we give Him glory. And that's, that's the bottom line. We want to glorify our Father by teaching His Word accurately, effectively, and even powerfully and thereby help people come to understand more about God's will for their lives through these Bible classes being taught through this medium. We're thankful to be able to do that. And again, all glory, honor, praise, and thanks be to him. We're thankful that you're listening, that you want to learn more from God's word. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And so we're thankful that you're wanting to grow in your knowledge and thereby grow in your faith and in your spiritual strength. We encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological uh, other technological means with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody, well, start to get more into God's word as you share these studies with them, and you may help somebody turn their life around and ultimately get to heaven. And that'll be a great blessing for them and for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We also encourage you to tell everybody, and if you have not yet done this yourself, then you take advantage of it. Go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now it's free. It always will be free. And when somebody signs up for a podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smartphone or computer or whatever smart device they choose our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, and also they'll receive a great deal more Bible teaching. A Monday through Friday daily radio program that we call Search the Scriptures and a a seven-day-a-week Bible study that we call today's Bible class. Now, that's only about 13 minutes long each day. So easy to fit into our busy schedules almost every day, but it gets us into God's word and keeps us in God's word. Now they'll also receive Sunday morning Bible class, Wednesday night Bible class, and all of our sermons. So share this information with everybody you can. Now, if you're in the Omaha area and you're able to get out, please come and worship God with us, study his word with us, grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Get to know us and let us get to know you. Bible classes begin at 9.30, as we've said, on Sunday morning, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, we come back together at 6 o'clock for another period of worship and Bible study. And on Wednesday evenings, we set our busy schedules aside, and we come back together at 6.30 each Wednesday evening for midweek Bible classes. We hope that you will come and get to know us. Let us get to know you very soon. We'd like to see you very soon. So take all this information, put it in your head, and share it with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our study from the book of Joshua. We finished the first four book, uh, the first five books of the Old Testament that are called the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And we have begun getting into 
the next book that follows, and that is Joshua. From a historical perspective, it is the the next natural progression of the narrative, because Genesis begins with the creation of mankind, and then the early history of mankind, and then beginning with chapter 12, we see where God begins to develop the bloodline through which he would raise up the nation of Israel, and through whose bloodline he would send Jesus, our Savior, into this world in physical form with the gospel message of forgiveness and salvation through him as our Savior. And he would bring and establish the Christian church upon this earth. Now, Joshua is the point at which, after Moses has led the Israelites to the promised land, Joshua becomes the new leader of the people because Moses would die just outside the promised land, and that would be judgment brought upon him by God for, at one point during the wilderness journey, Moses taking the glory for himself and his brother Aaron instead of giving it to God. And so God still used Moses as the leader for another long period of time, but he said, you know, you're not going to enter the promised land now. And so he let Moses see into the promised land, but he would not allow him to go in. And so God took him at that point, brought his physical life to an end, and, uh, and then instructed Moses to pass the mantle of leadership on to Joshua, who had become something of a perhaps kind of secondhand man to Moses along the way, kind of leading the, the armies of, of Israel as they would have to fight various battles along the way through the wilderness. Now, Joshua then is going to lead the people into the promised land, across the Jordan River and into the promised land. Chapter 3 is where that, that takes the initiation of that taking place. Israel crosses the Jordan River into the promised land, and very shortly after that, the battles of conquest to take that land, and God has instructed Moses and the people through Moses that they were to possess this land and that they were not to interact with the people of those, actually the peoples of that land, because they were idol worshipers. They did not follow God. And so God tells Moses, now you tell the people, you either drive them out or you destroy them in battle, but do not enter, enter into relationships with them, because if you do, they will become a, an influence to lead you away from me and, to, and begin to worship their idols. And of course, an idol is not deity, an idol is not God, an idol is just an object fashioned by man, and then somehow man reasons within his own mind that it makes sense to then worship that that idol that he has made himself. It really is rather absurd. And so it's just an object, a carving, a a sculpture, a piece of metal, a rock, whatever, however you want to think of it. It's not, it's not, it has no life in it. It is not deity. It is not a God. So chapter three, we pick up with verse one. Then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from the Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, that is the Jordan River, the eastern, 
the eastern border of the promised land, which would become the, the, the land of Israel. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God, and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Now, you might think, well, that would be a pretty basic message of uh, instruction. But remember now, when we're talking about the population of the Israelites at this time, we're talking about probably one to three million people. So <clears throat> these, these officers would go through the camp and they would give this instruction and they would probably, the people would probably respond by following the Ark of the Covenant, you know, in, by tribes. And so you'd have different huge groups of the Israelite people kind of getting out of their place and starting to follow. Yeah, we, we, we're thinking about a, a long line, but a huge procession. And so they, they give the instruction. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, so the Ark, the Levites would bear the Ark in the forefront of, uh, of, 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 of the people. And when the people would see that pass by, then they'd get up out of their place and they'd start following when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. So these people, the Israelites, had not been in the Promised Land. Going back to the very beginning of their wilderness journey, Moses had led them to the southern border of the promised land. Right after they left Mount Sinai, after they had come out of Egypt, but their faith was too weak. They did not trust God to give them the victories over the people of that land. And so God told Moses, turn back into the wilderness. And so for the next approximately 40 years, if you look at the, at a map showing where they journeyed, it was basically a big circle and a lot of people say wilderness wanderings describing that period of time. I, I call it, they piddled in the wilderness. And that was for about 40 years, giving, giving the, the needed time to pass for the adult generations from 20 years and up to die in the wilderness. And the children of those adult generations to grow up and become the new adult generations and with more faith, strengthened a stronger faith, and God would lead them into the promised land. Well, so that's where they're at at this particular time. And so these officers are telling the people, when you see the Levites start carrying the Ark of the Covenant of, of God you know, across your way, then you get up and start following. But you, and I think we can understand probably this being you know, a, a position of respect, you hold back about 2,000 cubits. Don't come near that ark, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. They've never been into that land before. And so give respect, hold back, but you follow the lead of the Levites bearing that ark. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, 
Now, what does the word sanctify mean? It means to set apart, to set apart. Here, maybe a deeper, and the idea is to, be, is to set apart when we're looking at it in the scriptures, to set apart, set apart um, to holiness or respect to God. Here, it can also be translated consecrate. So Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Well, he'd done wonders among them for 40 years. He brought the nation of Israel, of, of Egypt rather, basically to their knees because Pharaoh would not allow the Israelites to leave the land. And so God brought plague after plague after plague after plague upon the land of Egypt and ultimately, Pharaoh let them go, but then he changed his mind and got his army together and the chariots started pursuing the Israelites. But God opened up the waters of the Red Sea and led the Israelites across on dry ground when the pursuing Egyptian army went into that pathway between the waves to, the, to one side and the waves to the other side of that sea. God closed up the waters upon them and destroyed them. And then God took care of them. He gave them the law at Mount Sinai. He took care of them, fed them, watered them through the wilderness for 40 years. Miraculously, their clothes did not wear out. The soles of their shoes did not wear out. He provided food for them every morning, every evening. So he's already done wonders, many wonders, magnificent wonders, wonders to his glory for them for the last 40 years. But Joshua says, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. So you might think of, in a, in a sense, from a representative kind of way, God is leading them. This is the Ark of the Covenant of God. And so he is leading them across that Jordan River into the land that they have been moving toward for the past 40 years, that God has promised to them, going all the way back to their forefathers, beginning at Abraham. So for hundreds and hundreds of years, God has been leading them up to this point. Now they are a mighty people numerically, and as they stay faithful to God, they will be a mighty people from a number of different perspectives. So the Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And so God is demonstrating to the people, Joshua is your leader now. I exalted Moses before you to be your leader to lead you out of Egypt and through the wilderness. And now I'm going to let you know that Joshua is my next chosen to be your leader, to lead you into the promised land. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you 
the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Parasites, the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Now, these were the different peoples that occupied Canaan at that time, the promised land, which God would, was ready to deliver into the hands of the Israelites. It would become the land of Israel. And so Joshua says, you're going to see God is going to, without fail, God is all-powerful. He's going to drive out from before you all of these peoples that are occupying this land up until this moment in time. Verse 11, behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth. And this is important. They're entering into a land that is populated by idol worshipers, and those peoples of that land, the land of Canaan, they worshiped all kinds of different idols. And here, Joshua is telling the people, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth, and that's what everybody needs to know and believe and be dedicated to in their belief to this very day that God is not just a God. He is the God, the only God, the God of all the earth and of all peoples. So behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take yourself, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe. And it shall come to pass as soon as the souls of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, and he emphasizes that again, these idol-worshiping people you're going in to either defeat and destroy in battle or drive out of that land, they need to understand. You are the people of the God of all the earth. They need to come to that, to God, the God, the only God themselves. It shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. Well, some of these people might have been alive as young, young children at the crossing of the Red Sea. They might have some memory of that crossing where God stopped the waters, parted those waters on both sides. But now there also were many of these who are children about to cross, but also adults about to cross who were not alive back then. But now they were going to see the mighty hand of God firsthand for themselves. God's going to part the waters of the Jordan River. The waters coming from upstream, come flowing down, he's going to stop those waters. They're going to become like a wall of water. And the people are going to cross by, cross across the river. So, it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that come down from upstream, they shall stand as a heap. So it was when the people 
set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan so they didn't have to build bridges, they didn't have to manufacture rafts or get into boats, with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zeratan. So the waters that went down into the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Verse 17, the last verse in chapter 3 says, Then the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. What a lesson for the people of Israel. The power of God stopping the waters of that river and letting them cross by. And this must have taken a long, long time for them all to have crossed over because there were so many people, but they crossed on dry ground. Now, I suspect that there were also people from the, the land across the river, the lands that are, are the people the peoples of that land whom the Israelites would begin doing battle with, who also would witness this and carry the message back to their cities and their families and what a message it would be. Let me tell you what we saw, what we saw with our own eyes. We'll pick up with chapter 4 next time. Oh, God is so powerful, all-powerful. And again, a message that Joshua was getting across with emphasis to the people twice as he prepared them to cross over the Jordan was God. He's not just a God. No, God is the Lord of all all the earth. There is no other God. Drive out or destroy these peoples in this land you're about to receive from God who have worshipped statues, images, carvings because they are not believers in God. Again, we'll pick up with chapter 4 next time. Let's pray. Father, you are the God, the only, the only God. Help all the peoples of the world, many of whom still worship idols, to see the truth that you are the God, the only God. And help us to carry the message of that truth throughout the world. Bless 
this lesson and these lessons, which people will be able to hear all over the world through the medium of the Internet, help these lessons, bless these lessons to help them see the error of their way and the truth that you are the Lord over all the earth and there is none beside you. Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you, Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.